0: TV2 News is brought to you in part by Mattress Land and Furniture, the only temper PD dealer in Bullhead City, Fort Mojave, and Kingman. Visit one of their three stores today and sleep better tonight. And now, with today's news, TV2's Tara Haywood. And welcome back once again. A man that police believe is responsible for igniting more than 400 brush and dumpster fires in the Kingman area dating back to 2013, is now in custody. Charlie Lee Bailiff, 39, of Kingman, was arrested Tuesday on a litany of charges, including 14 felony counts of arson of property or structure, four counts of reckless burning, and possession of dangerous drugs. In cooperation with the Kingman Fire Department and Mojave County Sheriff's Office, Kingman police detectives worked diligently over the past six years on what was dubbed as the Burning Bush Bandit case. Information obtained by investigators within the last several months connected Bailiff to numerous fires and identified him as a suspect in the serial burning. Bailiff was taken into custody without incident shortly after leaving his Bond Street residence around 7 a.m. on June 11. He was found to be in possession of methamphetamine, and a search warrant was subsequently executed for his home, where additional items of evidence were discovered. Bailiff, who admitted involvement in the offenses, was ultimately booked into the Mojave County Jail. Kingman Deputy Police Chief Rusty Cooper said that the investigation is ongoing and additional charges are possible. A Lake Havasu City woman was arrested on a host of charges Tuesday afternoon after a bizarre incident in Golden Valley. MCSO deputies responded to a residence in the 3800 block of Aztec Road around 415 in reference to an assault. Upon arrival, deputies observed a female subject identified as 58-year-old Anita K. Warren laying on the ground outside of the property, yelling for medical attention. The female victim and reporting party, meanwhile, was standing inside of the gated property. She advised deputies that she'd noticed Warren attempting to climb the fence into her property, and the victim told Warren to leave, but she instead continued and entered the property, walking toward the residence. The, The victim stated that when she confronted her, Warren shoved her and began to kick her. The victim and friends were able to remove Warren from the property and once outside of the fence line, Warren dropped to the ground and began to yell for medical attention. Witnesses confirmed the victim's story and while speaking to the victim, Warren attempted to leave the scene. Deputies advised her that she was not free to leave, but she continued to get into her vehicle. She began to pull away as they told her that she was under arrest for the assault. Deputies, however, were able to remove Warren from her vehicle and place her in restraints. After she was seen and cleared by medical, Warren was booked, and arrest, was arrested and booked into the Mojave County Jail without further incident. She was charged with felony resisting arrest, assault, and criminal trespassing. Now, this is a story we had online for you yesterday. The Mojave Electric Cooperative is warning their members about a potential scam. MEC was recently contacted by a concerned member who was receiving low balance alerts for their Mojave Prepay account despite having a credit. Following some research, MEC determined that no outgoing calls were made to the member. An online search of the number used to call the member was linked to some scam calls from the IRS. The recorded voice, voicemail received sounded similar to the MEC message stating that the call was from Mojave Electric and it also included a fictitious amount remaining on the Mojave prepaid account. MEC wants you to know that an actual notification message will never provide an exact dollar amount and will also ask the member to sign in to Smart Hub to check their current balance. MEC will never ask for payment over the phone. CEO Tyler Carlson advised that you should never provide personal or bank information over the phone unless you are 100% sure you know who you're talking to, and if you aren't, just hang up and call the business in question. Members may also call 928-763-1100 to verify their account status. Mo- the MCC Nursing Program at Mo- Mojave Community College recently received some pretty big accolades for one of their cor- courses of study. According to the highly acclaimed website in car- rncareers.com, MCC's registered nursing program is one of the best in the country. In a statement, RN, RN Careers representative and registered nurse Laura Jacobson said that 1,892 RN programs across the country were rigorously evaluated on a number of factors important to nursing students and found that Mojave Community College is one of the best nursing schools in the nation, with a grade of 94.28 percent. Out of more than two dozen nursing programs in Arizona, the site ranks MCC among the top three. Two factors that help push the college to the top of the rankings are national board exam pass rates and job placement rates for graduates. Nearly 100 percent of recent MCC registered nursing graduates passed their national board exam on the first attempt and the college has a 100 percent job placement rate for its graduates. Jacobson also added that nurses are the backbone of the healthcare system and preparing great nurses is something that they'd like to acknowledge Mojave Community College for doing so well. MCC Director of Nursing Programs, June Weiss, said that they are honored to be recognized among the best in the country and that staff and faculty deserve a huge thank you for their intent focus on students. The MCC Nursing Program is currently accepting applications, and you can call one 866 Mojave cc for more information. And by the way, registered nurses in Mojave County earn an average salary of $72,000, 250 dollars per year according to the most recent salary data provided by the department of labor officials at lake mead national recreation area have a message for those of you out there who are looking for a last minute father's day gift this father's day they're asking you to skip the necktie and give dad a life jacket over the past five years five men have lost their lives at lake mead and lake mojave during father's day weekend In all five of those accidents, none of the men were wearing a life jacket. Christy Vanover, Park Public Affairs officer, said that when they ask why people don't wear their life jacket, they hear the same answers over and over. So in an effort to stop the heartbreaking pattern of visitor fatalities this Father's Day, they'd like to break the myths surrounding life jacket usage. Popular excuses for not wearing one include, they're for kids, I'm a good swimmer, they're too bulky. And, or I'll use a raft or other inflatable. TV2 recently had the opportunity to spend the day on Lake Mead with area officials who debunked these beliefs and emphasized the importance of every single person on board wearing a properly fitting life jacket. Life jacket, a wearable life jacket for every person on board. And would that needs to be the proper size? Well, so if you look on the inside of your life jacket, you'll always see a label um, kind of like this one here. It'll tell you the size, kind of be a there's a label right inside that'll tell you what size it's for and what kind of shape it's in you should have you're required to have one for everybody on board if your boat's greater than 16 feet in length you need to have one throwable device which is like that ring buoy up there mm-hmm. or even those seat cushions that are basically like a square with a, with a usually uh, nylon strap handles on them so you can throw to somebody if they're in trouble Please wear your proper flotation device. Make sure you have enough on board for every single person. So again, have a safe one. Go out there and enjoy everything that the lakes have to offer. For TV2, I'm Tara Haywood. Now we're going to head on into a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more news. TV2 News is brought to you in part by Mattress Land and Furniture, the only temper pedic dealer in Bullhead City, Fort Mojave, and Kingman. Visit one of their three stores today and sleep better tonight. Welcome back once again. Now, this next bit is something that we touched upon with Metro Lieutenant Hughes earlier. Clark County officials are reminding the public that the You Light It, We Write It interagency effort to crack down on the use of illegal fireworks in the Las Vegas Valley will resume over this year's Fourth of July holiday. Only fireworks labeled Safe and Sane are allowed and only from July 1st through the 4th in unincorporated areas of Clark County when locally licensed and inspected fireworks stands are permitted to sell them. Teams of police and fire inspectors from the county will be fanning out in local neighborhoods over the July 4th holiday to crack down on the possession and firing of illegal fireworks. Offenders caught using the the illegal fireworks may be subject to citations of up to $1,000 and possible disposal fees. As part of the Light It! We Write It! effort over the July 4th holiday, the public is encouraged to report illegal firework complaints online at www.ispyfireworks.com instead of calling 911 or 311. In 2018, the iSpy site logged more than 25,000 complaints. The public may call 311, the police non emergency number, to report the illegal fireworks, but callers are asked to exercise patience, especially on busy nights like the 4th of July when dispatchers naturally must prioritize emergency response. Here's more information on the You Light It, We Write It campaign. Illegal fireworks cause too many injuries, too many fires and the noise scares pets and can be disturbing to veterans and those suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Illegal fireworks also pollute our air. This year, we are cracking down on illegal fireworks. This 4th of July, we will have officers assigned to enforce the laws against illegal fireworks. And we are issuing citations so you could be fined up to $1,000. We can't be everywhere, but don't risk it. You light it, you light it. Each year, fireworks cause an average of 18,500 fires in the United States 13,000 injuries and $43 million in property damage. An Australian couple vacationing in the area had a bit of a scare on Tuesday morning after attempting to drive to a remote campsite location that they'd read about on the Internet. Mojave County Sheriff's Office received a call from a 29-year-old male and a 27-year-old female who'd become stranded in their rented 17-foot camper van. While trying to get to their destination, which was off of Sycamore Camp Road, they'd gotten stuck in a sandy wash. Since the area had no cell phone service, they began to walk out along the road they came in on from until they had cell service once again and could finally make a call for help. Search and Rescue responded to the area and thankfully located them uninjured with plenty of food and water. The relieved couple was safely brought to the command post. Now speaking of search and rescue, this is a perfect segue into our next story. We briefly mentioned this earlier in the week, but the Mojave County Sheriff's Office is looking for dedicated citizens who are willing to volunteer their time as members of either the Sheriff's Posse or the Boating Safety Officer Program. Both of these opportunities offer training to volunteers in defensive driving, prisoner transport, radio usage, traffic control, and basic Arizona law. The Sheriff's Posse members are active in the community and assist deputies with low-priority calls for service and duties such as traffic control at crash scenes and special events throughout the county. Posse members make positive interactions with the community and are provided marked Sheriff's Vehicles for use while performing their duties. There are currently positions available throughout Mojave County. The MCSO Boating Safety Officer Program is based out of Lake Havasu City, but volunteers provide assistance on lakes and rivers throughout the county. BSO members aid boaters and swimmers when necessary. They provide perimeter control during incidents on the water. They ride and work with Division of Boating Safety deputies and make positive contacts with the boating public. Volunteers are provided a marked Mojave County Sheriff's Patrol watercraft for use during their duties. The Sheriff's Office says that these programs are instrumental to their agency and the tremendous dedication shown by volunteers helps to keep the county safe. Now, if you're interested in becoming an elite member of the the Mojave County Sheriff's Posse or Boating Safety Officer program, you have to be at least 18 years of age, pass a background check, and you can pick up an application at your local substation or download it from the Mojave County website. You can also contact Volunteer Services Coordinator Sergeant Kyler Cox for further information at 928-293-1856. Now, you often hear us talk about the remarkable efforts of the Mojave County Sheriff's Office Search and Rescue Team, and this past weekend, more than 250 attendees at Utah's annual Search and Rescue Conference had the opportunity to hear from them firsthand. MCSO joined more than 20 law enforcement agencies from across the state of Utah and representatives from the State Parks Department, National Guard and Medical Examiner's Office for a wide variety of classes including wilderness first first aid, drone use and search and rescue, splinting and packaging of patients, mechanical advantage, haul systems, knots, helicopter landing zones, gear packing and more. The conference took place at Utah's Fish Lake. In a statement, the Mojave County Sheriff's Office thanked both the Washington and Sevier County Sheriff's offices for, th- for the amazing hospitality that was shown to MCSO's SAR team members who instructed classes on tracking and lost person behavior. The Bullhead City Police Department congratulated one of their finest earlier this week. Officer Dale Osborne officially hung up his helmet and handcuffs on Wednesday and retired after more than 32 years with the department. Osborne began his career in law enforcement in Southern California in 1981 and joined the Bullhead City Police Department in 1986 after a short time with the Parker Police Department. He spent the majority of his career as a motor officer in the traffic section and also served as a field training officer, a firearms instructor, and an accident reconstructionist. Osborne, who was named Police Officer of the Year in 2009, was also part of the dive team and a past member of the Tactical Response Unit. Police Chief Brian Williamson had the following to say about the longtime officer. Dale Osborne emulates the values, ethics, compassion, and professionalism that it takes to provide the community the type of law enforcement service that they deserve. I am thankful for everything Dale has done for this community and department. He will be missed, but he has certainly left his mark. Osborne said that he looks forward to traveling around the country in his retirement. Congratulations, officer. And that is a look at this morning's news.